You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we move into another exclusive episode of our third watch recoverage. Recoverage, coverage. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, we are to the penultimate ever episode of this show. Uh, it's hard to believe that we're here. We are up to end of tour. An episode that aired on April 29, 2005. It was written by Angela Amato-Velez, directed by Gloria Muzio. And it's a, it's a, not a good episode. <laughs> I'm sorry to get straight Horrible into it. Horrible episode. Uh, but it's an odd one, and we've got to set things up to a big finale next week. My name is Ben, and apparently I'm amazing. <laughs> Uh, what's up, everybody? My name's Darville, and I don't even have a quote for this one. My favorite quote. Ever. I do not even. I do not even have a quote for this episode. This is an episode that I don't know whether we're going to do it in twenty minutes or two hours because it's like it's it's there's so many things we can just skip over. There's so many things we can bitch about. It's just it's just odd. It's it's like last week but worse. We're falling off the cliff. We're yeah. shattered in a thousand pieces, and somehow we've got to get the glue to put us back together so we can conclude ourselves next week. And I said it at the end of last week, I said, like, I feel that the penultimate episode of whether it be a series or a season should almost be more important than the finale because, like, you've got to set the groundwork to what we're going to conclude with. So I feel like there's got to be yeah. that point where you are drawn to coming back in next week to see it all end. And I think that, like, this show doesn't do it well. Uh, this episode doesn't do it well. And, you know, it's just, it's crap. Let's be honest. This episode is crap. And I'm so sad that we yeah, have to it's... kind of come in so negatively on the penultimate episode of this show that we love. Um, you know, because I think even during our, during our nip, <laughs> Sully would say. our nip Tuck coverage, you know, we, we went into season six knowing it was a bad season. But I think kind of it slowly redeemed itself by the end that we ended it on such a satisfying note that it was like, okay, well, you know, we see what they've done here. Whereas this. It's like they've got to episode 20, as we said last week, and gone, we've got all this we've got to cover, and then boom, this is what we get. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We, uh, we, of course, we ended on the cliffhanger last week. The vampires, the vampires are coming! Um, <laughs> <laughs> bring the garlic, bring the, the crosses and shit. Um, Yokus, bring the wooden stakes to jam through their hearts. Yokus is still questioning Stevie, uh, the guy being abused, part of the churches of left Christ or whatever the hell it's called. I don't remember. I don't care. Um, and find out that uh, they've got missions all over the world. There's a prophet. It's Jonathan. And then all of a sudden, random cop walks in and is like, there's a hostage situation on TV. So he's the smartest cop in the world because he just automatically knows that this is connected to Yokus. Um, like, why, like, why would you go in and do this in the middle of an interrogation? I feel like this is something that is just... Somebody's pointed it out to the cops. The cops are monitoring this themselves, and they're setting up a tack team to go on into this. Like, what does Yokus have to do with this? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's... it's yeah, Terrible. Yeah, exactly. But then, of course, the coincidences keep coming on in, because then all of a sudden, Stevie's like, oh, that's Tommy and brother Jonathan. Oh, how convenient. We just were talking about them. What are the odds? Um, I do like the shot, though, that they have of um, the zoom-in on the TV, which kind of transitions just to being in the TV studio. It's kind of cool. Uh, so uh, we've got Tommy here holding a gun to Brother Jonathan, and then we've got the TV host there. Uh, you know, come on, we can work this out, and, you know, tell them, tell us about this, and, you know, just basically he's trying to get him to say that I'm a pedo live on air, essentially. Um, Cruz and Manny... Um, uh, out and about, uh, I guess, driving still. There's a car following them that we randomly see. Um, and this is where Manny's obviously saying, like, it was a clean shoot. You've got nothing to worry about. And then Cruz is like, you know, it doesn't matter if they're 9 or 90. It's not going to matter. You know, it's trying to make me feel better. Uh, Manny, meanwhile, pulls up. He's going to go get some soup because New York. Um, Emily, remember yep. last week when she turned off those lights and ready to go into bed? She's on the phone mm-hmm. calling her friends. Uh, oh my god, it was so funny. You should have seen them. Watch out, Buffy is coming. <laughs> I'll call you in the morning. Um, like, Jesus Christ, that's cheesy. Uh, yeah. There's a knock on the door. Oh, what's your neighbour? You left a key in the door. She's got a fucking hole in the door she can look through to see who is there, and she doesn't look. Emily, you're so dumb in this episode. Uh, 
<laughs> Wouldn't be the first time you've said that. Oh, she opens the door and what happens? Every single fucking vampire comes in because it's fucking stacks on the mill vampire time. Um, and then it's like, it's odd because they all come in. They, you know, Dante grabs Emily. They're going through a laundry hamper because why not? Um, and then Yokus. What the hell would they want out of that? I have no idea. Dirty undies. They want to sniff him. I have no idea. Yokus is rushing to the TV studio. And then we've got, um, Manny coming out of the, the shop and he kind of holds up the bag of soup and has a bit of a smile with Cruz. But then the Hummer that we saw following him drives by. We've got slow mo, bang, legs down, fallen. Manny's been shot. 10-13, 10-13, officer down, I'm hit, Sarge. And, like, again, I feel like this is just trying to set up because, like, Manny's expendable. We love Manny. But, like, he's not yeah. a main char- major character. We've only known him for, like, you know, eight or so episodes, if that. Um, And he's expendable. If somebody's going to get killed off, and generally in a show like this, you feel like there's going to be deaths in the last two episodes, Manny's going to die. Um, So, like, this is all meant to be like, oh, no, not Manny. <gasps> you know, but, like, he doesn't die <laughs> like he kind of and he gets shot at least like 10 times remember back in um in season five when thingo got shot and i said he's ripped to pieces and he should be dead even through the vest dade or whatever it was. uh dade yeah, yeah. Dade. like this is another situation he's been he's, his legs are torn up even if he's wearing a vest he's a lot more hurt than he should be <laughs> like <laughs> um but i mean like are you worried at this point not manny not manny no not really, because we don't really know him all that well. Mm. But we like him. Like, we got... To, Manny's the one we yeah, just we, know the we most. Yeah, we do. We do. Between, like, Yoshi and Dade, and who was the other one? Um, <laughs> Those were the only ones. No, there was that third guy with Yoshi. Who was the other one? Northcut. Northcut, thank you. Yeah, I knew there was another one there. Um, so, yep. Cool. Um, Yokus, meanwhile, on the TV station, he's with another lieutenant. Like, this is just so cheesy and cliche. This guy, like, I've only been a lieutenant for three days. This guy's, like, panicking. Why are you a lieutenant if you've been put on this role? And you're like, oh, my God, I've only been for three days. I don't know what to do. I'm going to give my job to a random detective. She knows what to do. You are terrible at your job. You should not be a lieutenant. Uh, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so bad. I mean, how the hell did you even make it onto the force to begin with? Exactly. Um, oh, so, okay, well, may, maybe that's a bit much because, I mean, making it onto the force, yeah, of course you're going to be nervous. You're going to be nervous just starting out. Yeah. Just starting out as a as a regular cop. But lieutenant, well, I'm pretty sure even the bosses get nervous every once in a while, but still. But you, like, you, I think if you've been put in that position, you, yeah, of course you're going to be nervous your first time, but you, you, you've obviously been promoted because you've shown some type of... Lieutenantness, um, like Lieutenant-ness. that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's you should yeah. display those skills to put you in that situation immediately, and it's just dumb. This guy just comes across as just such a a, a dickhead. Um, like it's just uh Anyway, I don't um, know about a dickhead, but I don't know about a dickhead. No, he's definitely a dickhead. A he's a dickhead. Right, I'm saying it now. He is a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I don't say the word dickhead enough. Um, Emily, meanwhile, is being told off. She's being slapped. Call your mother. Call your mother. And then all of a sudden, like, this is when all the other dumb old vampires, I can't believe I'm muttering that sentence. Her mother is a cop. Don't bring her here. Like, what are you talking about? I thought we were just going to rough her up a little bit. And Dante's like, we're going to kill both of them. And then you got this guy, the chicks are cool and all, but we can't kill someone, bro. And it's all like, then leave. You're not in the family. Um, and then they all leave. Don't leave me. Why do none of her neighbors hear this? Like, she lives in an apartment complex. Like, I right now... And who now, cares if it's the middle of the night? I could scream right now, like, Ah, vampires are attacking me! I'm going to get a neighbor knocking on my door to see if I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. so bad. Um, Manny's yep, in the hospital. Uh, go ahead. Please go ahead. I want to hear you. Oh, com- oh, completely, completely random question. Um, the... I mean, we only hear... I mean, obviously, the whole group of vampires is there mm-hmm. in that scene. But I mean, we only hear from we only hear from two of them, aside from Dante, um, the the one that the one who just the one who just says his name like Dante, like like the the girl who says it is that this 
completely random question. Doesn't really add anything to the episode. Is that the same one who who was eyeing Bosco's scar when they went to visit when they went to the uh, club? I, is this an <laughs> offensive comment? The way I say this to Sanguinarians? No, but they all look the same. I don't know. <laughs> like. I really don't know. She's got, like, purple and red and black hair and eyeliner on and possibly... I, actually, I don't think it is, but, like, seriously, they all look the same. Like, you know, Ben, you're racist. Ah, okay. Like, no, it's like, it's a vampire thing, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. like I said, it really adds nothing to the discussion at hand, but... Oh, well. Somebody's gonna we get can that ask clip. random questions. This is the Oz Network. Somebody's going to get that clip of me saying they all look the same and edit it with me saying something else to make me sound racist. I know they're going to do that one day. Um, yeah, or they're going to or they're going to take the or they're going to take the oh god. They're going <laughs> or someone's going to take all the clips that we've brought up my 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 inabil- my inability to see and then edit that in with they all look the same to make it sound like all blind people look the same or something. But th- isn't that an oxymoron cuz blind s- people don't look. So like that's a dumb thing to say. <laughs> oh, come on. Um, you're the blind oh, one yeah. here. Why am I making those jokes? Uh, <laughs> well, I was setting them up. You just finished them. Uh, that's that's my goal in life. Uh, so Manny's in hospital. Apparently, he's going to be all right. Cruz realizes this is an assassination attempt, so she's going to uh, go out and fight a little bit. Uh, and this is when we get Holly and Carlos. Uh, you know, Carlos being his awkward self and Holly thinking it's being a terrible day he wants to take her to a restaurant uh to be romantic and then holly's like you've got the worst timing uh it's not a celebration when i've had to clean blood out of my ambulance like, like three or four times um so yep um grace um is this when she's at- oh no this is where holly says go up and see uh grace to see how finney's doing um yep they're back in the TV studio. We've got the producer on the earpiece basically talking to the uh, TV host saying the phones are ringing like the 4th of July. Is that in, like, reference to fireworks on the 4th of July? Like, I don't understand the phone ringing. Like, do, you, do you get a lot of phone yeah, calls on ha- the 4th of July? No, but the phones do. Now, it, it, that would have worked if he had said the phones are lighting up like the 4th of July. Mm. Because then, yeah, the... Uh, analogy or metaphor or whatever would have been appropriate because yeah fireworks phones are lighting up like the fourth of july that works gotta say though of course this episode is gonna make sure that everyone knows that journalists and people like this are the fucking assholes of the world um because uh, uh i'm not gonna, I'm gonna save my um complaints until the one scene that really hammers it down um i love yeah. i love this producer guy the way like yokers is like hey like you know get this off the air and he's like unless you have a court order i'm airing this i'm like this is how it works people like this is what is going to happen and if you think it's a scummy job then i mean there are elements that it's a scummy job but like let's be honest if people if you're sitting on the couch watching this on tv you are fucking watching this you're going holy crap this is amazing Somebody's you're, you're glued exactly you're, you're glued to it i'd be glued to it exactly so like this is why, because people have to make these calls. Uh, Jokas basically says, like, can you cut the at least cut the feed to the TV monitors in the studio so he thinks that uh, they're not live on air, even though he doesn't really notice at first. Um, he's talking... Jokas then starts talking to the TV host um, through the earpiece. Um, we always get that line from a reporter, don't we? I'm just doing my job just like you have to do. Um she keeps asking questions to him, even though Jokas keeps saying, like, hey, let them talk. She takes the earpiece out, so, yep. Um, Dante has a knife to Emily's throat. Yep. Uh, and Bosco shows up because timing. Why not? Um, banging on the door. Jokas, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Um, Dante is basically like, you're going to open the door, tell him to leave. Again, the dumbness of Dante. He's fucking slapped her a couple of times. She's got blood on her face. She looks like she's being beaten. And she's just going to answer the door just like, go away, Bosco, it's okay. As if fucking Bosco, a police officer, isn't going to realise that she's in trouble. Um, which Bosco picks up on straight away, walks in, what's going on here? And then thud, he's been hit in the head with a baseball bat by Dante. Can I just go back? I want to rewind time and go back to our very first episode we ever did a third watch and tell myself that Ben... In about 130 episodes, you're going to be uttering the phrase, Bosco is hit in the head by a baseball bat from a vampire. No, that shouldn't be a thing that I ever have to say in my life. Um, <laughs> Did you actually say that when you and Brandy recorded no, no, the first I'm episode? No, no, I'm just 
saying I want to go back to myself and, and say that. But, um, yeah. It's oh, okay. The fact that we're here. Uh, Cruz and Manny. Uh, Cruz saying, I'm going to go after them. Manny's basically saying, like, you, you know, this is not going to stop. There's only one person who can stop this. Marcel, it's worth a try because, you know, logic. Let's... Because he's an upstanding guy. Yeah, apparently. Davis is falling asleep with uh, at at Finney's bedside. Munro is there too, because remember her. Uh, Carlos mm-hmm. comes in and say, like, you guys can go home. And I do kind of like how... Um, everyone's telling Davis to go home. He says, no, it says Carlos says it. And they're like, oh, him you listen to. And he's like, oh, he's a medical professional. Um, why is there a guard uh, waiting outside Finney's room? I don't understand. Uh, Just because it was a police officer injured, probably. But, like, why do they have to guard him? Like, police officers get injured. I don't know, maybe... I don't know, may- I don't know maybe, that's stan- maybe that's standard procedure when an officer gets injured. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd like Any NYPD officers, can you let us know if that's a thing? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Or police know. officers, period. Possibly. Um, Grace then sort of says to Carlos, like, uh, Holly sent you up here, didn't you? Um, and what? Oh, she's asked, questioning, have you asked her yet about the, did you marry her? And then she says no. And then Grace is looking at Finney. Um... I don't even know where what is happening in this scene. Um, it's not important. Emily's being attacked. Call your mother. Call your mother. I, you know, um, great. Um, the guy's still being held up. We're live on the air. ESU have a shot over Yokus' shoulder, ready to shoot Tommy, but um, Yokus blocks the shot. I don't know if the, the ESU guy who's pointing the gun, he looks like the same guy in the doc episode pointing the gun. So, I mean, they could have just used the same person. Uh, it would have made sense. Maybe. Because they would have been the same. But then why is the 55th Precinct ESU going after this guy? So, um... Who knows? I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Yoka stops in because he's trying to... She's trying to stop this. Um, she's sort of calming the situation down. Stevie says, thank you. And, you know, he's not going to admit that what he is. He's a coward. Um, and, you know, she makes a good point. Like, you know, even if he does admit what he does, no one's going to remember what he did. They're just going to remember that a guy was shot live on TV. And then just, again, great. I talked about Stevie being a great actor. This guy who plays Tommy. Um, Chris Stack is his name. He's a great actor. You know, just the way he's kind of like going on about like, you know, just couldn't let us be kids. Like, it's just, it's very, you know, heartening and sort of like, yeah, deep. Um, so there is that. And then eventually he puts the guns down. They arrest him and kind of, he's like saying, you said you'd help me. And it's like, I will help you. And then Jokas basically gets to brother Jonathan, um, you know, put your hands behind your back. And he's all shocked. Like, what the hell? Um, you have the right to remain silent. Um, yep. Meanwhile, back at Emily's place, call your mother. I'll slit your throat. Um, she knocks a knife out of his hand. They struggle. Bosco aims the gun. And then, bang, we don't even see what happens, because next minute, um, we cut straight to Tommy being arrested outside. Um, so, again, this I'm going to let you talk here, because this is the part I know that you've been saying, you, this is a scene you wish we had a scene. And like, I agree with you. I think we needed to see something, because we just get pointless little cliffhangers of, like, oh, my God, Emily maybe has been shot. Like, it's just so dumb and over the top that fucking Bosco is not going to kill Emily in the second last episode of Third Watch. Like, in what world would they actually do that? This isn't 24. This isn't, you know, Breaking Bad where people can die. This is a network TV show where one of our most beloved characters is not going to go out having murdered, uh, well, I guess, manslaughter of of his former partner. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, I mean... uh, Yeah... You know, show that Bosco can still, you know, he he still he he has he has it now. You know, show that he can still that he can still shoot. That he deserves to be back on the force. That he will. I mean, him and Faith may not be on the best of terms right now, but that's not going to stop him from protecting her daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and there would have been. I mean, I just wanted to actually. I just wanted it to. For, I just wanted for us as viewers, you know, to actually to actually see him put a put the put put a bullet through Dante's head or wherever he or wherever he shot him. Mm-hmm. You know, like ac- actually show that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, completely agree. It's it's stupid. It's and it's and it's yeah. 
it just, again, it leads us to pointless, stupid little cliffhangers of, like, oh, my God, his head's missing, all this, all that, and then it's going to lead us to the worst possible way to end these two. Ah, we'll get to it in a minute. We're going to get to something even worse. Well, not even worse, but, like, something terrible here as well, because Yokus is there, Tommy's getting arrested, Uh, we've got the stupid, you know, inept lieutenant... Oh, you stepping in front of that ESU person was brave. I'm not going to tell anyone. Oh, because oh, oh, I'm so tough. Um, and then fucking Yokus yeah. decides to go off at this ago, TV host. Wreck. Yokus goes off at this TV host. You know, um, tell us how you're feeling. That's the question you ask. And then goes on, you get a little tingle whenever there's a plane crash or you can get somebody on there and you can do this and go a human interest story. Um, and, you know, she's all like, oh, I'm not going to apologize for my job. Um, and then, you know, I'm going to put in it in fairness. There are no doubt some journalists who do practically get off to things look, like that, but I'm pretty sure they make up the minority. No, like, look, I've, I've been around journalists who this is their life. Like, this is what they do. And like, I'm not like, there are definitely some scummy parts to the job of journalism. I have had to be that person who has to contact a family member of someone who's just died like a day beforehand to try and get a story out of it. I hate myself when I have to do that. That's not why I got into journalism. I don't want to do that because it makes me feel like a scummy person. I've had to go to car accidents where I've had a camera and try and take pictures of car accidents. It's not a fun job. I'm not trying to say it's something that I like doing. It is, however, I will say, in defence of it, going back to what we're saying about people who would be watching this on TV, like, people want the news. People want to know stories. And What's there's a, going on? There's story, And, like, if you have a car accident where, tragically, someone has died and they're young and, you know, they've got their whole life ahead of them, people want to hear that story. They want to hear you know, how tra- sad it is and kind of, you know, they want that human interest part of it. If there is a plane crash and, you know, there's always human... Like, there's there's so many stories to everything. And, like, if you take that out of the world, if you take that side of things out of journalism, then you're going to have people questioning, like, well, I want to know this, I want to know that, I want to know this. What really annoys me about this scene, and and it's not just Third Watch that does it, so many shows do it where they just paint out journalists to do be the worst people on earth. Like, that bit where she says, like, how are you feeling? That's the question you ask, like... How are you feeling is a dumb question to ask someone when clearly they're going to be feeling shit. I've been critical of that at the point, but I've also been on the side of that when that's the only question you can ask a person in that situation because, like, you want them to answer that, be it in a newspaper article on TV. You want to hear how they're feeling because where the viewer or the reader are questioning, like, well, how would we feel in a situation like that? So you're trying to put that into context. I just... It's like, this is not as bad. Like, go back to um, Demolition, Demolition Derby. Derby. They really go out of their way to paint that TV reporter as a bitch. Whereas this time around... Well, she kind of was. Well, she, yeah, she kind of <laughs> was. But, like, this woman, she's in a situation where she's got somebody being held at gunpoint live on air next to her. She's trying to control that situation as it happens. Look, I've done live radio. I don't know what I would do in a situation where I've got somebody coming into the studio with a gun, be it to me or to somebody else, and I'm being forced to stay on the air. You have to remain composed and try and also realise that people are listening, in this case, watching this situation. I think this TV reporter does a bloody good job at what she's doing to remain calm, and it's just like, I don't know what Yokus expected her to do. Like, I don't know what Yokus expected her to do. And this just makes me mad that they just have this whole thing, like, putting it into context. Because the way Yokus implies it, when she's like, oh, you get a little tingle every time there's a plane crash. Is she trying to say that if there's a plane crash, the news shouldn't report on it? Like, it's it's kind of... The dealings I've had with police in my job have not been like this. I've maybe had one occasion where a police was a jerk to me. But, like, other occasions, police generally, if you go to a situation and you respect their job, they will respect your job. Because they understand. You follow their instructions, they'll let you do your thing as long as you don't step over the line. And there are people, there are journalists who will step over the line, and that gives the profession a bad name. But, like, if you do what you're doing correctly, they will stay out of the way if you stay out of the way. My point is, as a journalist, this makes me mad. Journalists are not the scum of the earth. There are scummy parts to the job. I'm not going to deny that. And there are scummy journalists out there, just like there are scummy cops, and there are scummy parts of a cop's job that are out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there is... 
I don't. This doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm just saying. Yeah, we cer- we certainly have someone here in the U.S. in the U.S. right now who needs to stop telling everybody journalists are the scum of the earth. <laughs> Fake news. Um, Fake news. Build the wall. <laughs> Make America great again. It's, it is also a case in point that we do live in a very interesting age when it comes to journalism where I think it's, um, you know, because anyone can go on the internet and claim to be a journalist now and then people believe them stupidly and think that they are a journalist. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it is what and, it is. And it doesn't, help, it doesn't help that people largely don't, don't, Inve- don't investigate things or research things. They just see something from a source that they Clickbait. think has credibility yep. and they believe it. Yep. Anyway, um, then we get another terrible scene, Grace with Finney and just basically going on about, oh, you know, I think you're amazing. And then he just happens to wake up at the point she says that. and Oh, yay. Like, it just, again, we've had like three it's a, scenes it's a, of these. It's a sweet moment and it it's is. It's a sweet moment. But like, I feel this should be a top five moment, but it's just not because it's just, we've literally had like three episodes of these two being together. Whereas, like, like, Holly and Carlos, you get on board. Like, you know, um, back when Kim and Bobby hooked up, you got on board with that for an episode. When Kim and Jimmy got together, you got on board with that. Even when Davis and Taylor got together, you got on board with that. Even, hell, when Bobby and Taylor hooked up for an episode, you got on board with that. Munro and Davis started off bad, but there was a payoff in the end. We were like, yay! When Bosco and Cruz hook up, you got on board with that. This is, like, just the most... <coughs> obvious pairing it is the most just bland way of finally kind of like oh yay grace has overcome her need of not being she doesn't even say i love you she just says i'm you're amazing like it's just it is the ultimate grace storyline it is it's i'm not saying it's the worst i'm not saying it's the best it's just middle ground meh it's like don't care enough for this to be a moment where it should be dominant it's just meh (laughs) yeah i mean we we love we love you carl bueno but yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we do. Yeah, if they had if they had built them and we we've said this from the beginning, you know, if they had built them up more, allowed us to see more of them together, even if it was just for this season, mm-hmm. then this moment would have had much more of an impact. Yeah. It's still a sweet moment regardless, but you just don't it just doesn't have the same feeling uh, the one thing too that i'm to just re- realizing on this rewatch as well is that like finney just becomes so obsolete like i just i he's so important in like the first half but then like the second half he's just he's just obsolete like and this is he where just... again i kind of feel like the madness of this whole storyline because you just you and you're shoving finney aside into the background in these last few episodes it's like it's just Oh, it's it's just odd. It's odd. I, I don't know where to put my finger on it because again, you know, the argument is well, it's season six. They're only he's got one season to kind of feel fill out this character, and oh, by the end, we we care more about our long term characters than our short term characters. But you know, I feel Holly, and this is when again it it makes me mad that Holly is never a major character on this show. I feel Holly is more developed, and you care more about Holly by the end of this show than you do Finney or Grace. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure you even said that to. Yvonne, when you interviewed her about how you were mad that Holly never really achieved main character status, and I think she said something about not being able to understand that also. I, I will, when we do our recap of this series and season, I will lump Holly into the main character point of this show. Um, I don't care about the technicalities. Holly and Yvonne Jung are, are main character of this show, so that that's that's final. Ben has spoken. Um, <laughs> I don't care what... The, the credits say at the beginning or the end of this fucking episode. Um, Yokus is in the car driving Jonathan back and sort of they have a conversation. He's trying to defend being a pedo, basically, and saying that we don't have to follow your laws. And Yokus is like, you live in the state of New York. You do have to abide by our laws. Um, and then they talk a little bit about his son, which is Tommy. And, okay, cool. Um... Carlos brings a tea to Holly. She has a headache. Um, I do kind of like, you know, she's is saying to him, like, you've got something to ask me. You know, sex is off the table if that's what you're implying. And then she assumes that Carlos is about to break up with her. Uh, a bit cliche, but it's, again, like, it's still enjoyable mm-hmm. just because these two are amazing. 
Um, they get a call over the radio that there's a, a somebody hurt, and we, that's Yokus's address. That's I don't know if that's the very first time we ever hear Yokus's actual address. Um, so they're going to rush off to that. Uh, meanwhile, Marcel is brought back to the 55th precinct because plot points. Um, yeah. And then you get no re- other reason than that. No other reason for this whole plot. What's about to go on in the finale? Like, why doesn't Cruz go to Rikers to see Marcel? Why is he brought back to the 55th? There is no reason. There is no reason. Like, every other episode of this show, in 131 episodes up to this point, of when somebody needs to go see a prisoner, they go to Rikers. They go and see them themselves. But for some reason, the coincidence reason, we have to bring Marcel back to the 55th. I'm laughing because it's stupid. (laughs) You're silent. You're you're speechless. (laughs) Yeah, because all I can do is just roll my eyes and go, really, third watch? Really? Really? This, you know, like, again, we would rather watch this episode and this show over any other thing. (laughs) Like, people saying you're being so negative against the show you love. Again, the worst episode of this show, which... Whether this is or not, um, is still gonna be anyway. You know what I'm talking about. Um, uh-huh. And Yokus has a really weird like look with uh, Holler. I don't get it. Like it's like why are they staring at each other weirdly? Um, so Yokus wants to process our pedo man. Um, Jelly takes over, and then Swirsky's all like, there's been a shooting at your apartment, and Bosco's been involved. Again, this is just the dumbness of this this little cliffhangers to make it so dumb, because there's a viewer, oh my god, what's happening? In what universe has Yoko's not been called or referred to on the radio that there has been a shooting? Why are they waiting for her to get back to the house? Why does Swirsky give her the most bullet-pointed version of this and say, there's a shooting at your apartment. Bosco's been involved. Like, like, no. Like, you got to straight away get to the point. Like, Faith, got to tell you there's been a shooting at your apartment. It's okay. Emily's all right. But somebody else has been killed. Bosco is there. You're going to say that. Like, no one speaks yeah. like this. Medical investigation, Darfell, has ruined this show with stupid one-liners and stupid things. Fuck you, medical investigation. You've ruined Third Watch. There it is. We've found the moment that this show got ruined. It's Jumped the show. medical investigation. There it is. Um, anyway, she Signed, rushes- sealed, delivered. <laughs> um, I, I can't believe I'm getting so angry. Uh, well, can I? Um- <laughs> she rushes there. She rushes there. Hollis is getting uh, interviewed. Is this necessary? Come see me, Sergeant Cruz. She's looking through the glass. And then we just cut to Yokus's apartment and Holly and Carlos are checking on Bosco. And then again, we've got these pointless little cliffhangers. I'm fine. And then just, what about, oh, half the head's gone. Like, you don't even hear the name. Yokus shows up. Oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Where's Emily? And then all of a sudden, Emily appears from the shadows. Oh, my God, Mom! They hug. And then we find out that freaky vampire guy has had his head half blown off. Um, and then, you know, Emily is all like, oh, I thought his name was David. Oh, that one that you were seeing. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mum, I lied. Like, it's just... That's me vomiting everywhere. Um, (laughs) it, it pans up. We've got sad music. Um... Can I just stop there before I complain more about this firefighting yeah. scene next? Um, please talk to me about this. I don't know. What are you feeling right now with everything? <laughs> Again, it would have it would have worked much better if we had actually seen Bosco kill Dante. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have made part of me says there really wouldn't have been any need for this scene if that if it had played out like that. But then maybe. Maybe it could have. Maybe it could have worked also because, because, uh, because then faith could have. It could have led to you know faith realizing you know what maybe Bosco hasn't lost it after all. Maybe I was, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was quick to, quick to judge. Mm-hmm. Do it like that, you mm-hmm. know. And nah, nah. This this would have been cheesy, but but maybe it could have had a moment where. I don't know. Faith, faith turns to faith turns to Bosco and and 
no, it's too it's too corny to even say. And Bosco says something like, and and Bosco says something like, because it's the kind of thing Bosco would say. Let's be real here. He says something like, "I told you I haven't lost it," or something like that. Mm. Yeah, like I mean, it's cheesy, but kind of works <laughs> like yeah i can see what you're saying but like like are are you like do you still think i can't shoot like your give, daughter's give, alive because i could given how bad this episode already is like it, it kind of ugh, yeah, it you works know, we literally just had fucking bosco kill a vampire like i mean <laughs> you can't get any worse than that i think <laughs> like oh anyway um we're still getting like Jesus Christ! I didn't realize I was gonna get so angry in this episode. Um, we waste firefight. Remember a couple of episodes we said like Stu Lot of Z's and Derek and that DK will be in one more episode. This is what we get. We get them showing back up to the firehouse. We get Holly walking away, saying like, "Leave me alone! I don't want to see you for twenty minutes or whatever it is." Um, and then we get Stu Lot of Z's randomly. Here he is. Hi, Stu Lot of Z's. Remember me? I'm a firefighter, and basically. First of all, implies that Carlos is gay again. Oh, I thought you were gay. Oh, ha, ha, no, you're not. Oh, awkward. And then, essentially, it all comes down to him saying it doesn't matter when you do it, it's how you do it. And then it all comes down to a joke that he saw that from a movie. And that that This is, and I, I think I'm right by saying this, the last firefighter scene we get until the final five minutes. I might be wrong. There might be one next episode. I can't remember. But Yeah, but, we but, do but, get a little bit of... We do get. <laughs> I'm going to take a step away from the microphone. Hang on. <laughs> we do get a little bit of firefighter stuff next episode. Okay, right. My point is, I'm getting angry. Is that like the, okay, the, the, the ben, selling point? <laughs> deep, deep breath. The selling point of Third Watch is that we are about three professions. And, okay, we've long-winded and gone over the fact that Season 5, 6 is just a cop show by now. They're still showing the paramedics. There's still a big element of paramedics in this show, sort of. But, like, they've literally woken up one day and gone, our firefighters, fuck them. Like, and then I've seen interviews with Ed Allen Bonera, and I think even leading into Season 6, he literally said, if we remove the firefighters from the show, people would get angry at us. Case in point, Ed Alan Bonero in twenty nineteen. I am getting angry at you because, like, you just, you just, you're wasting it on a, a this scene, and like, you've had fires and stuff, and they're not there, like, <laughs> and car accidents, and oh, my voice is so high right now. Um, anyway, um, well, hey. <laughs> At least now I know what happens when you get when you get really the angrier you get, the higher your voice gets. My balls will drop one day, I swear. The uh, pedo Jonathan <laughs> guy's in a cage. Jelly's being entertained or something. I don't even know. Um, and this is where it gets even like just it's so obviously a setup. There's no other reason for it. It's like let's get everyone into the firehouse so it's all other uh, precinct. Sorry, so that it all can be drama, rama, llama for next week. So Munro and um, Davis just show up because why not? We've got Sully, who, again, he's become a desk clerk randomly in the last couple of episodes. And then he drops the line, I hear young Finney is awake. Like, I love Skip Sutteth. I love Sully. I'm sorry. Skip Sutteth is phoning it in in these last few episodes. He's not very good. He's just behind a desk, just doing what he's painting by numbers so that he can star in the final yeah. five minutes. Like, it just... I don't get it. And I'd love to, when we eventually, if we ever get Skip on the show, like, hey, like... Those final episodes, what was going on? Why were you a desk clerk and you're just kind of phoning it in? Um, and he's, yeah. you know, it's just it's just odd. Um, and it just sounds odd the way he says, young Finney is awake. Um, then we have, like, they're going to go change. So, of course, we've got to go be put in a separate area of the precinct. Everyone else, great drama for next week. Mm-hmm. Cruz is talking to Marcel. Um, and then, you know, he basically finds out that she's going to ask for some help. Um, and that, you know, she's saying that you'll have some freedom if I see some results. And then he's all like, all I need is one phone call. Now, this guy has been locked away in Rikers. He has been put away because he's been charged with everything, whatever it is. Uh, why are they not monitoring his phone call? Like, it just, like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> why? Really? <laughs> why do they not monitor his phone call? 
Yokus randomly introduces Emily to uh, Jellica's drama llama rama. We've got to have Emily in the precinct. Like, we have to have her there because it's going to create more tension for next week. And then uh, Yokus is going to go see Bosco. We get a random moment where Davis kind of drops a joke of like, oh, I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Like, I feel that should be a more funnier scene than it is. And then we get what is going to be the final moment between Bosco and Yokus, the final key moment between these two. Six seasons of Third Watch. Maybe the most iconic pairing. I named my all my social media and emails accounts after these two because I love this pairing so much. And the last NYC scene... five five David. The last scene we essentially have between these two is Yoko's going to see her, Bosco, saying, I don't know what to say. Um, and then basically Bosco going out of his way to say that, look at the last three, I didn't cheat, my aim was good, I compensated for everything. You know, he jokes and says, like, this is the second shooting in the last month, um, you know, and then he says, like, IAB didn't question me, only you did. Um, when did you stop believing in me? And then he walks off. That's it. Like, Yokus doesn't apologise. There's no, like, big, you know, bit where they can kind of have a sit down and talk things over. That's it. And... An okay. earlier season they might have. But, like, you brought it up at one point saying that, you know, people in close relationships or partnerships break up, they drift apart. Yes, I agree. It's it's what, like, it happens. My 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 issue is that they brought, they separated them, brought them back again, and then they randomly separate them again. And it just, I just get such an empty taste in my mouth when it comes to a conclusion between these two. And this is my biggest issue to this day with the ending of Third Watch is that I feel that the ending between these two is terrible. I feel it's rushed. I feel there's no conclusion between the two of them. I feel like if you're going to separate them and have them go their separate ways, go back to when we had um, in season four, the bit when they're like, we're splitting up, done. And we had that, in, I believe, in a top five moment, I think, in season four. You know, like... Yeah, I think so. When they separated. Like, that was that was how I feel this should be, if this is what you're going to do. Like, save that moment till now. Because then that ends on a, holy fuck, they're not going to be together. And maybe just, you know, have a, a glimmering glance between the two of them in the final five minutes in that final montage. But... Like, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I just, I, it makes me mad to this day, 14 years later, that this is Bosco and Yokus's basically final major scene together, and then this is kind of the conclusion between the two. Like, it's, we get a more of a conclusion between Cruz and Bosco, and it's been a long time since we've seen these two work together, and it just makes me, it, it just makes me mad. Yeah, you know, I honestly think, you know, if this were, if this, if all this, if this storyline had unfolded in maybe an earlier season, then maybe they would have sat down and, you know, you know, it probably would have ended, you know, with them sitting down and talking and maybe or maybe not um, splitting up for good or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, this is I don't even know where I'm going with this. This is this is around a time when TV shows are relying so much more on action than mm-hmm. emotion in general. Uh, th- this was around this time at the time of this show, you know, in its last few seasons. This is when TV shows were relying more on that. So there really wasn't much time for you know, meaningful character development. But regarding this, you know, I see I see what you're saying and yeah I wish that maybe they had had the chance to sit down and talk it out as well because it would have added more emotion to it regardless of what ended up happening you know if they split or if they if they split for good or if they got back together and worked together and all that but you know I still stand by what I said initially you know when we before I even came on board this podcast when we were when we when we had our conversation um, where I said that, you know, I think they did it this way to show us that, you know, people, people drift apart. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that they showed that. It may not have been the ideal way to show it, but I like that they showed it. Yeah. And, and I, I love you... them. I love them too. I, I love that pairing. They were great. I think you summed it up well when you just said that, like, it's not ideal, but. You're glad that they showed it. Like, 
it's not ideal, and I, I, I wish they had done it better. Just to summarise my thought. Um, anyway, so we're basically right at the end of this episode now. Uh, we just got a you know random look of Bosco. We've got this Hummer, you know, driving outside the precinct. Marcel on the phone and kind of like you know pointing like it's going good. Bosco sort of comforting Emily a little bit, and then Yokus is in the. Um, Locker room, and we see this grenade get thrown through the window, lands basically a meter from uh, Yokus, and then we fade to black, ends. That's our cliffhanger. Uh, not quite as bad as last week, but I'd say the second worst cliffhanger we've got. Like, it's just, it's so... And this is what I'll say next week, is that it's just, they go so over the top with what they're trying to do with, with the finale. And, you know, I've come to terms a lot more with the finale, but I think, like, the opening 10 to 15 minutes of the finale is terrible. And I think we kind of get into some good stuff by the end of it. But, um, you know, it's just, it's so over the top. It's so, we're almost back to cartoon levels, back with Donald Mann stuff from last season. And it also just feels like, I don't think that this whole War on the Streets, Marcel Hollis storyline is fully ironed out as much as I thought it was. Fleshed out, thank you. Because it just feels like we're at a point where you're kind of questioning why are they doing this? And I don't feel it's ever fully explained. So, yeah, but we're here. We're, we're you know, I, I just, I hate the fact that I'm so negative and so down on the penultimate episode of this show because I just, I hate it. I hate being so like this going into our last episode next week when it comes to talking about the show. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, we... Yeah, I am. I am binning this episode as much as I don't no. want to. I am. No. Um, I am binning this episode clearly. Now, I said last week that this is in the bottom three episodes of Third Watch. I just want to point this out on the air that I came into this episode having this ranked at 129 of 131 episodes. I have changed my viewpoint in getting so angry and so worked up in this episode to realize how bad this episode actually is. Darvell Stewart, I have now officially ranked ben this Waterworth. at 131. This to me is worse than Snowblind. There it is. I'm saying it right now wow. on the record. Snowblind Did will officially go down. Over? Well, apparently, because you got blind in the snow. Snowblind will go down as the <laughs> second worst episode of Third Watch. I honestly thought that would be the worst. But like, just the more I've talked about this, the more I've expressed it and realized everything in this episode, that there is more, I think separate things that make this so angry for me and leading it up into the last episode that I have to put this lower than Snowblind. So, there it is. Yeah, there's and, I, and next week will not be worse than this. So, 100%, ding, 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 right now, the Ben Waterworth rankings of Third Watch, the worst ever episode is End of Tour. There you go. <laughs> He's <Yeah>. silent. <laughs> I've made him silent. Um, because I, I never thought you would ever put anything below Snowblind. I didn't either. <laughs> but here we go. Um, and look, I felt like I was uh, so negative and bad against Scott Williams and Snowblind that I feel like uh, uh, Angela Amato Velez. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> like I feel like, and I know she's a television writer. She works hard and all this sort of stuff. I get it, but. Um, yeah, this is her... And yeah. I just really want to point out, too, similar to Scott Williams. Scott Williams was involved in some very good episodes of Third Watch. Uh, Miss Velez wrote Forever Blue. So it's not like she's not a capable of episode. writing a, an episode of TV. So, anyway, influences. That leads us yeah. in to our next episode, Darvell Stewart. Goodbye to Camelot, the last ever episode of Third Watch. Can you believe that we... I, I cannot believe we're here. I, I feel so odd saying that we are about to recap the finale. And I'm also so excited to say that um, I teased last week saying this We're bringing be, back an old friend. Well, I teased last week saying <laughs> that you and I, that will be our last sort of solo episode between you and I, at least on a on an episode front. Obviously, we'll be doing some of the... Re, uh, at least one read more episode recap. Just you and I. But uh, next week, we're happy to announce that we're going to bring back Brandy, uh, who, of course, joined us for the first uh, few seasons recapping before you joined us, Darvell, uh, and sort of, I don't say took over, kind of obviously um, just filled in for Brandy while she was away. But you've actually going to go on and host a lot more episodes than Brandy. But um, it's been a very long time since um, we've had Brandy on the show. You've got to go all the way back, I believe, to um, Season 3, Episode 13. Uh, episode 12, sorry, The Long Guns was the last time we actually had Brandy on the show. Um, but... Uh, no, it's it been- wasn't. She was on for the Season 3 recap. 
Uh, and the season three recap. Okay, there you go. Uh, thank you. But uh, I mean, in terms of just an episode itself. Um, but yeah, she's going to be back. You're going to be back, and we're going to be recapping the finale together. And I think that uh, it'll be a bit of a long one next week, obviously, because uh, there's three of us. But also, you're going to be practicing your script for your final five minute reading. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm like yeah. I'm sad, but I'm also kind of happy to finally get to this point where you know we've teased and alluded a lot of what's going to end. But I mean, look. By all means, it's not a perfect episode. As I said, like the first 10, 15 minutes of this episode are pretty bad, if I have to be honest. But it, it, we get some redeeming moments. I feel like a lot of our top five moments are going to be from next week's episode. There's at least two moments next week, which I feel will definitely be in our top five for this season. We get the return of some of um, some old characters. One in particular is very prominent. The other two are sort yes. of in a very brief cameo, which I still kind of feel a little bit sad that they didn't go a little bit further with them, but I'm still happy that they're in the episode. Um, and yeah. we get a great bookend from the beginning to the end with a piece of music, which, uh, you know, still gets me a bit emotional to this day. So, goodbye to Camelot. Something like that. How it sounds. Um, yeah, yeah, anything to add before we wrap it up? No, although I, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say this at the beginning of the next, at the beginning of the next episode. I was, I was just going to say that. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the promo for this ep- for for the series yeah, finale because it's up too. on YouTube. I've I've watched the promo for it, and yeah, it's your standard promo of that Cheesy. time, you know, the big explosions and all that stuff. But I love the way it ends. I, I love the way that promo ends because um, you know, because yeah, the first half of it are, is like over the top, but. But there's there's this song that plays in the in the last bit of it. Um, it's called City of Heroes, and I can't remember who sings it, but but it's like, and the city of heroes, and and uh, saves one more soul tonight, and over that, it it, it just gives me goosebumps because the because it it definitely has an emotional tone to it because the the voiceover guy it's the original cast reunites to say goodbye all sabotaging i'm sorry i'm just gonna jump in here i i don't think i've disagreed with you more i think the promo is so bad i think it's so cheesy and i think that song is just it's terrible i'm sorry um city of heroes I, it's Come just, on, it's the just, city of heroes saves no, no, one I, more soul tonight. I Camelot, get, heroes, it I works. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying I think it's terrible. I think it's cheesy. I think it's so cheesy. Um, and just the original car three unite. No, Bobby's not back. Um, Taylor's not back. <laughs> like, no. Sorry, I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't like the final promo. Look it up on YouTube, everybody. It's there. Uh, like, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, send me hate mail, send Darby love, because that should help work. Um, and, uh, we'll be back next week with Brandy. Yay, awesome. Um, in the meantime, my name is Ben, and I don't know. <laughs> my name is Darvell, and we'll see you next week for the big one, peeps. Later. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.